0: Welcome to the first episode of the Working Artist Podcast. I am your host, Corey McGegg. I am an artist, designer, educator, and curator. This podcast interviews artists to better understand the concepts and inspirations behind what and why they make. The first few episodes of this podcast, I will be interviewing graduate students from various MFA programs. I am interested in this group because academia is a leading employer and supporter of the artists and I want to know more about this pivotal and their journeys. I ask questions about what drew them to higher education and more specifically about their current research. My very first guest of this podcast is Andy Delilo. Andy is an artist and MFA candidate at the University of Colorado Boulder. I think he is perfect for this first show because his background is traditionally in music and sound but he also works with visual art and this project is simply doing the reverse of that. We're talking about visual art and just converting it to sound in a conversation. In this episode, we talk about remixing and appropriation, the art of play, and levitating the Pentagon. We make references to social activist Abby Hoffman, feminist theorist Judith Butler, and surrealist Alstar Brochi Thank you for listening and hope you enjoy. So, actually,
1: just how, how have you been, too? Like, how's your semester going? What class are you taking?
2: So, I'm t- taking remix culture okay and uh what is that though what is remix uh, culture there's a quote i could read from judith butler that speaks to remix
0: and why does she sound familiar to me
2: judith butler oh she's like a really big kind of feminist theorist yeah very uh laughter emerges in the realization that all along the original was derived. That all along the original was derived. And so remix culture is really getting into this idea that nothing is really original and that it's all sort of remixed.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of
1: like the the structuralist, post-structuralist kind of vibe too, right? This idea of everything's kind of appropriated um like the death of the author
2: yeah so it's very much interested in that but it's it's kind of a hands-on class though it's not um uh theory based although we're it's like theoretical in a lot of respects but it's um like we're making projects we're making work based on these concepts and like kind of thinking about these things Um, so a lot of it's just like Sampling or a remixing? So the first one, first project we did was uh, we did a remix of Exercises in Style, which is a book that was written by in the, uh, I don't know how to say it, the Weepo, Lupo, or something like that. It's like the same story told 99 different times. Yeah, it's the same exact story, but with a different theme. Like, okay, we're going to do exercises and style here. So it's like, there's like a notation style, which is like a style of writing that's, you know, like that. There's dream style. There's um, prognostication style. The rainbow style the word game style hesitation style hesitation style was like i don't really know where it happened in a church a dustbin a charnel house a bus perhaps there were but what there were though eggs carpets radishes skeletons yes but you know so it's like very Hesitating, but he's telling the same story. If you read it, it's the same story just using hesitation style, precision style. Precision style was in a bus of the S line, 10 meters long, three wide, six high, at three kilometers, three kilometers, six hundred meters from its starting point, loaded with 48 people at 1217 p.m. A person of the masculine sex, aged 27 years, three months, and eight days, one meter 72 centimeters tall and weighing 65 kilograms and wearing a hat, 35 centimeters in height. You know, so that's precision style. And it's talking about the same encounter with this person on the bus. So and where is he
1: deriving it. the style? Is he just kind of making it up? Or yeah, he he's making
2: it? it, he's like writing in the style of narrative or word composition or negatives or yeah. animism or anagrams or distinguo, um, official letter, um, blurb, onomatopoeia logical analysis. Like logical analysis is bus, platform, bus, platform. That's the place. Midday, about, about midday. That's the time. Passengers, quarrel. The passengers quarrel. That's the action. Young man, hat, long, thin neck, a young man with a hat and plated cord around it. That's the chief character. Yeah. And then, and so on. So, so it's like a remix of the same story within this This And so, yeah, one of our assignments was to like write the 100th story.
1: Oh, wow. So you had to like, did you
2: create your own styles or did you just have to base it off those? So what I did is I put the whole entire text into a program that would randomly shuffle between all the previously written stories and create a new story. Oh, wow. So you click the button and it would just shuffle all the lines around and take pieces of all the other styles and just make kind of a nonsensical arrangement. Yeah. It's like random. What'd you program it with? p five js. P5.js. I've been using that a lot lately. Have you been doing a lot of uh, Java stuff? Yeah. Yeah, I've been doing, I've been using it because I've noticed that it's really easy to embed in websites. It's really yeah. easy to like, um, send it to share it with someone else who can also like take it and do whatever they want with it you know and and so I've I've enjoyed it recently I'm, I'm in a class you know I guess segue into another class it's called Intermedia Collaboratory interesting and um, yeah it's with two other grad students who are also artists working on projects and the uh, the piece is like or the classes basically that we pass around. So I like have a project and then I pass it on to someone else who like works with it and adds something to it. And then they pass it to the next person who does something and works with it. And then they pass it back to me. That's great. And we're all doing that simultaneously. So in that sense, they've been passing me stuff and I've been doing stuff with P5JS. And then it's easy to share with them and send it back to them.
1: Yeah, are they all familiar using that program
2: as well? Or are they kind of having to learn it? I think some of them are more or less, I would say. But the stuff that I'm doing has, like, a tangible end result. They, can, they just hit play, and they can run the program and, like, you know, see what it does on their own, whether they, like, mix it or not. They at least have the code for it. Yeah. And, you know. But, yeah, I guess it's, um in that class, it's a surrealist game it's there's a book of surrealist games yeah by uh Alistair Brocci um but there's a game in it called oh yeah it's called a book of surrealist games and there's an exercise called the exquisite corpse and that's what that is when you take an idea and pass it around and then someone transforms it and then passes it to someone else who transforms it. Yeah, I remember it. doing that
1: as a kid, but just doing it as like a, like a drawing exercise. Like mm-hmm. it's me doing it like on a larger scale.
2: What kind of projects
1: have you gotten
2: like from other, on the other? Um, someone's at? working on a project dealing with terms of service of like apps or social media but it's like examining and, and bringing terms of service language to the surface for yeah. like examine, you know, looking at it in depth. So yeah, I, yeah. So it's a, it's actually a really interesting project that. Um, and you
1: said they're both, yeah. um, are they also about the uh, music,
2: uh, the music arts? Is- no, this is like for the, uh, intermedia art writing and performance programs so they're i don't actually know what departments they're housed in i think they might be critical media practices um one of them but their work is very much kind of interdisciplinary like digital focus the other person's working on a project that's examining signal processing and how specifically with um, like phone co- and radio transmissions and how signals are like uh, transmitted decoded and encoded and then decoded and encoded again and through various media and ma- the materiality of signal that's fascinating. processing.
1: That's uh, That's awesome. I think that's a yeah. great way to like kind of break people out of their comfort zone and like um, this oh, yeah. There's great.
2: Yeah. There, there is an uncomfortable element of that, too, like being sort of not necessarily forced, but you find yourself suddenly in a context where you have to take what someone else is working on and do something with it. Not that you sort of organically gravitated towards each other based on your work styles or themes. You may be coming from very different perspectives, but now we're in a, encountering each other in this very um this context where we're having to work in this way unexpectedly.
1: Yeah, is there so like yeah
2: a, that is, that's been interesting. Is there a
1: time limit? like how long do you usually guys work on your your section of your corpse until you Yeah, it,
2: like one week. That's pretty ni- that's nice though. And so, yeah, speaking of all of that and the creative coding class that I'm, ta- I'm taking like web as public space. I've been, so really the idea with the Weed Paste project was to have like this public art, right? That was accessible. And that was almost like a this sonic treasure hunt. You remember like I posted and find it. And then there's like this, you scan and there's sounds that you listen to in your environment and et cetera, right? Yeah, so and you're like, like,
1: like themes of like healing and calming. And yeah, and
2: it had rest on it. It was promise, like rest, rest right. as resistance and rest, resting just just pausing and resting and being in this moment with this with these sounds you know um in this time you know in like encountering you where you're at yeah and you're posting on like bike trails right yes okay so that i started getting really into um i don't know if you're familiar with abby hoffman at all so abby hoffman was like a sort of like a counterculture like hippie movement guy like he started the whole like he was very i don't want to say started but
1: oh i just watched a documentary with him in it
2: yeah the uh the chicago seven yeah. or whatever yep, yeah totally. yeah 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 and just play sasha bear cohen yeah kind Oh of wow, man he
1: slayed it in that like it was such a it was so cool to see him in something that wasn't a comedy i mean i like his comedies don't get me wrong but i just thought it was like it just just so like just show like what a a powerful character he could be
2: yes the character he plays i've been really interested in his work actually i've been reading a book called sonic agency that refers to some of what abby hoffman was doing and he would he would do like very provocative work at times I mean he wasn't even really like an he was like an artist comedian performance artist like activist all all of it right and so one of his early his early like famous things that he did or like things that you know he gained a lot of notoriety from was leading a bunch of hippies uh, I think they were hippies just a bunch of people yeah. To the stock exchange, the New York Stock Exchange. And they went there and they stood over the stock exchange and they just threw money, like dollar bills, onto the floor of the stock exchange. And all of these stockbrokers, some of them were just like puzzled, but a lot of them were like frantically racing to pick up all this money that was being thrown on the floor of the stock exchange. And so it's like he's very provocative in the sense of like going up against the beast, so to speak. Yeah,
1: but it's like this avant-garde, like yes, fuck. I mean, just messing with the system, provoking. Yes, and so uh, he
2: he was part of a movement that organized a protest on the Pentagon in 1967. And one of his self-proclaimed goals, like very publicly self-proclaimed goals of that march, what they were attempting to do was to levitate the Pentagon. They were attempting to levitate the Pentagon through ritual and collective consciousness. Um, And so he's very much like into... Radical change through like radical reimagining, you know, just very, um, just, uh, yeah, just like going really far out, right? Yeah. Which is kind of an interesting, it's an interesting time to be dabbling with Abby Hoffman, with QAnon and like stuff that is kind of.
1: I haven't been following on. Like, I think after the whole election thing kind of went down, I, like, I feel bad that I've been kind of out of the loop with that.
2: There's a really good article that you would probably really enjoy called A Game Designer's Analysis of QAnon. Q- Put it in the chat. It's a very, very good article. Right, if you haven't read it already, I highly recommend no, it. I'll
1: check it out. Oh, that's awesome. It definitely seems like something I'm interested in
2: yeah it's a long article but it's not like super long it shouldn't you know if you do it in one city it might take you like 15 minutes or something so but it's definitely a great great read i actually it really opened my eyes about just what what's going on i guess i I didn't in more in depth than i hadn't previously known
1: yeah have you been following any more of it at all though like
2: no no not other than reading this article yeah And
1: uh, And that's kind of stemming off your your QR code projects. Yes.
2: So what I started to think about and what I started to do was I'm kind of developing a underground organization um, called Palmistry for Political Change. Yes, and I have some illustrations of like hands with symbols symbols in them and i'm planning on putting my qr codes on and making them stickers rather than wheat paste because the city painted over my wheat paste within like three weeks or something like that
1: i mean that's that's gonna happen with any kind yeah of i know it's
2: inevitable right but i i feel like stickers might be a little bit more discreet but also accessible and then this is something that So I'm envisioning this to be like stickers with a hand that's very colorful um, with a QR code. And the QR code links to, um, I'm kind of devising what it is. Right now I have like a prototype website built for it, but it'll be a space where people can, um, I'm actually thinking about having it in like a situation where someone can scan their hand to get a virtual palmistry reading and it will determine based on like the lines in their hand it'll determine like what archetype they are and then based on what archetype they are like how best they can enact political change in their in their world and maybe you know having sound involved in it you know just like some sort of sound element almost making like a game and on the website right now i have like virtual rituals that you can participate in to um right now it's kind of set up for like this idea of cleansing the united states of america from like the influence of corporations and big money and so there's like rituals that we can participate in virtually that like enact this symbolically like bathing an effigy of the united states or lighting a candle you know in in prayer or something like that so it's like um Kind of this way to like virtually and aesthetically very much aesthetically um and symbolically interact with um, these ideas in a way that like can be found in um like where where you're at like it finds you kind of
1: yeah that's interesting twist from your your original like you know use of the the qr code and these. them um,
2: yes use and that and this stuff. is something that you know, I could I could mail stickers to people all over the country who want one, and they can just post one up or set ones down somewhere. In yeah, or
1: print them out even. I mean, they could just kind of technically make their own stickers. Yeah, or print them out. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, it's interesting. I like that. I like the interactive quality of it too. That you're, it's not just you're like receiving a response like I, I guess you know the QR code is already interactive but you're kind of taking it a step further and yeah. kind of creating like more of like um, like a collaborative like
2: ownership yes that's that's the idea um we'll see how it develops I mean that's definitely probably the project that I've worked the most on this, this semester um and put the most time into and effort into
1: and so where do you think you would put the the stickers at probably just
2: anywhere you know like lamp posts you know um, signs
1: uh, you know certain people are going to be drawn to certain areas right i think that especially in a like a pandemic i just think of like you know you're talking about you mentioned rituals and i just think of like you know being creatures of habit and you know like kind of sticking to like zones almost you know doing like the same like you know walk every day right so i think that you know you're putting stickers up in certain areas that you're going to get like certain people right like depending on where you put them certain neighborhoods too
2: right yeah i think it's all i may but fortunately right now to sort of overlap them um quite a bit which i i enjoy doing i know some some circles say that it's not uh appropriate to they say double dip um I guess use like one word for one class and another class, but um, I feel differently about that.
1: Yeah, I think then as a grad student too, um, it's a little bit different. You know, it's like you're you're doing work more for yourself and less for like projects, right? I mean, these are your projects more so than like like in class assignment, I guess. Yes, um, you're taking these classes for your own, you know, learning and stuff. That's how I kind of take it. Yeah um and i feel like a lot of my projects are, are pretty fluid
2: um, yeah fluid's a good way to describe it trial and error too yeah yeah i totally can relate to that i think really none of the like so the wheat paste project from last semester has carried into this which i don't feel like is going to get completed anytime soon I mean, yeah, it exactly. seems like
1: it's evolving, and then you're kind of leaving it for, like, an open-ended thing, though, too. Yes. Having, like, you know, you're invoking this interaction, and you're kind of, like, have this bigger picture of, like, okay, eventually, you know, other people are going to kind of, like, you know, take initiative and take these, you know, stickers out. And who else, I mean, who? and then there's that, you know, that that, that part of chaos of human nature, like, what else are these people going to do with your, you know, as part of this collaborative, is um, that you're kind of...
2: St- Snowballing out for the world. Right. Um, Um, Yeah, but there's not really like a final product in mind or end date. It's kind of open ended. Yeah. Yeah. I have uh, um, the video game project that I was working on doing the sound design for. I don't know if you remember that one. Yeah. Like the app or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's sort of been my fill-in for something like nearing or coming towards completion. Uh, Cause th- the game is going to be released like maybe in the spring or early summer. Nice. On um, an indie game label. And it's been currently kind of finishing up, but currently being play tested by myself and a bunch of other people that my collaborator sent, uh, send it to. And so anyway, it just, it has that feeling of like, like you were saying, like at least one project feels like it's, you know, coming to completion or something like that. Um, it it definitely helps me feel like I can be more free with my other work. That's like very much open-ended at the moment, at least.
1: Yeah. I thought and that was like, like pretty much done too. Like from I saw it. Like I don't know if you guys have added anything to it.
2: Yeah, I mean it's just like the full. Yeah, you, what you saw was sort of the full concept was there, and even in practice. But now it's like it's the it, yeah, it's definitely more filled out. Like you actually go through the game day by day. At the time that you saw it, I'd only had like two days in it. It's actually a seven day game. Oh wow. It only had two days in it. It didn't have all the music loaded into it. Um, actually, didn't have very much music at all loaded into it. Um, it's just like just a couple tracks. And now I think it's got eleven tracks loaded into it. Um, and yeah, it's definitely like filled out as like a full gaming experience. Um, and with it's a very, it's like a narrative based game.
1: Yeah, because it's supposed to be about like, um, like healing too, right? It's kind of like the, the theme behind That's- that yes which i think is great i mean I think that you know game therapy is such a i don't know how new the field is but it, I, I just feel like I, i'm hearing about it more and more and just the success stories
2: behind it yeah you'll have to play this one once yeah now. totally oh. if you ever need a play test so let me know yeah i have the play test i don't know i think i think i can just i don't know i, I don't want to overstep my bounds and just like double check
1: you you know but like
2: you know i can double check and just send it to you yeah it's and i think um um i think it would be fine i'll just i'll do that because i have i have all the stuff to send you the play test and yeah um yeah i'd actually be curious to see what your feedback
1: yeah i'm curious about your process on the um the music behind that too it's like how much direction and how
2: much like
1: have did you get i guess when you were doing the
2: music for it yeah it was very open there was like more of just the way that she went about it was like here's this sort of palette that we're going to work with you know we're going to have some like emotional themes is really what she put into the palette it was very much like evoking f- trying to evoke certain feelings for certain days or parts of the narrative yeah um
0: and then how did
1: she respond to what you gave her was there any like edits did
2: you have to like rework anything not really not that much i had a lot of freedom to that's awesome of, like, do my thing and it worked in that way for yeah. both of us i think Um, yeah it was very like the process of making it was very much it's kind of intuitive you know like I didn't have a lot of structural you know I had like some structural ideas and probably some of it was more just embodied from like going to music school and thinking about structure and stuff like that but I wasn't like that wasn't at the forefront it was just more of like what textures and tones was I kind of going for and I had sort of like an ambient aesthetic that I really enjoy musically that I was kind of like trying to fulfill with using these samples
1: yeah is that kind of how you tend to work like kind of like a little bit more intuitive and oh yeah a lot of sure. direction or do you like a little bit of direction Direction when needed yeah 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 I think sometimes like the limitations can kind of inspire ideas
2: yeah yeah I, I can I'd say that feels right to me in my in my work working with limitation. yeah yeah i got a book on some of abby hoffman's writings um that i haven't had a chance to look at but i've i've read a, like i read another book where it extensively talks about his work you know what i mean so i've been kind of simmering with that but yeah i got his writings and you know trying to
1: yeah. Yeah. Like it's to, cool seeing your work go from like this, like, you know, peace and harmony to like a little bit of a, like avant-garde, like provocateur
2: type scenario. Yeah. I, I think I'm just, it's almost like it could be two separate projects. Yeah. Right. And so a part of me wondered whether it is two separate projects, but
1: I think they're, they relate in like your approach, like how you're kind of taking it into like these rituals, right? Like, that it's almost kind of like you're doing the 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 pentagon and you're not doing the stock the stock exchange that makes sense yeah you're doing like the the meditation and the the more you know deep thought rather than like throwing money and like the super aggressive approach to it which i i think is way more powerful in a lot of ways and more important
2: yeah, you know, um, yeah, that's actually an interesting. I, yes, I am taking that energy, like the Abby Hoffman energy, and kind of like reinterpreting it, remixing it, right? <laughs> remixing it in my own way. But like that, that is definitely a question I had. It was partly like, are these two separate projects or are they the same thing? And I think ultimately, they ultimately, I think they are two separate projects. But the wheat paste was sort of like the seed of it, if that makes sense. Like yeah. the, it, like this palmistry thing was born out of that. and the wheat paste thing is kind of its own thing, but it was very much very much directly influenced from like a friend of mine who inspired me to do wheat pasting and actually told me about like an art she saw with QR codes. And then like another sort of rest is resistance theme that I've been seeing a lot from a particular person that I really respect. And so that was me like trying on these hats. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so in some ways it, it's like what's emerging with the palmistry is also remixing other stuff, but in a way that feels like it's um, my own take on all of this, like public interfacing QR code, interactive work. It's kind of, it just needed more time to evolve into that. But ironically, the hand drawings that inspired me were uh, my partner, Elise, her drawings. That's awesome. I'll show you one of them. It's right here on the wall. That's cool. Yeah. So, like taking these drawings. Yeah. And then making like illustrator illustrations with them, like tracing them in illustrator and then, you know, making them like a graphic and then you can put it on a sticker. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And then here's another one here. So like very, and I just like, she was just doing these very, um, she was just doing these very like intuitively organically, not prompted, not for fucking art school or like this or that. She was just drawing hands. She wanted to you know for pure like play and i think i like saw that playful energy and i was like it just it just like it's it started to click yeah it's awesome um, stuff like very organically and intuitively you know like um without really an end goal agenda i mean i started i came up with the palmistry for political change like kind of on a whim without and then i've like then i filled in the more theoretical and conceptual basis for palmistry, for political change after just sort of almost stumbling on it.
1: Yeah, that's like a, such a, a unique connection and such like a intimate connection, I think that really draw like a, have a really strong draw to it, to, to people, right? Like, yeah, think I, I think. And palmistry and like connecting this to like community and like political change and like society of like, you know, you're saying like, you know the the concepts you're thinking about like um you're talking about like prayer and like burning candles and stuff like that you know yes instead of like all these super hyper you know hyper aggressive you know um acts that some people take
2: yes and i think that what i'm interested in partly with this project from like the ground up like how it emerged and everything what i'm interested in is How to maintain a sense of playfulness, um, and profound, like profound playfulness, right? Yeah. Um, while like going really deep into actually trying to realize an artwork. Yeah. Because I think some of the process of actually trying to realize an artwork, a lot of the playfulness kind of slips away because it's like getting really into this theory and that thing, and like really, really, you're just looking at it. So deeply and intensely that it's not play as much anymore yeah so it's almost like a challenge it's a a playful challenge for myself to see if I can pull this off in a very appropriate you know um ethically appropriate and like authentic way and genuine and even profound way while it's still like having a spirit of playfulness at the end
1: yeah. That's you know, great. I mean, sucking such, it dry. The such, yeah. Great descriptors. Like, um,
2: yeah, I love it. That's great. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think that's, it's been a good work to work on for me because in some ways I feel like it's helping me with the other piece body of memory that got very intimate, you know, like my own body, my own childhood videos, you know, it's like very intense, very, you know, intimate, almost too intimate. And I think this project that's emerging is also like exploring another uh, possibility of like maintaining play with depth. And I and I hope that it will also like feedback into body of memory of like opening it up to the possibility of playfulness again, you know, but, yeah. I, but not for you can't force playfulness though that's the thing that's why i think i'm just simmering
1: yeah yeah i don't know if you can force it but i think you can like kind of help coax it out like by doing maybe some kind of rituals and like looking for it and kind of being maybe open to it open to it yes absolutely i agree um and i think sometimes like you said i kind of get caught up in like too much of like the theory and like all like the the seriousness of it right and it just kind of loses it um that i think that that's such a like the, the playfulness is like an important aspect of it that i think is is forgotten sometimes in academia absolutely all right andy this has been great um but i think i'm gonna i'm gonna call it um thank you so much um